Well, hello, y'all. Welcome to Conversations of Truth podcast. This is no longer an all-female audience. Our analytics have shown that we have some fellas who've been joining us, and we've made it to Wednesday, so y'all know what that means. It's time to unwind. I'm Jaquila, and you have entered a judgment-free zone. On last week's episode, we had to say to hell with body shaming, and instead, we chose to embrace our flaws and all. On today's episode, we're doing something special. I have one of my very, 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 very best friends in the whole wide world joining me, and I'm going to interview her, not only to see if she's been keeping up with the podcast, but of course, so that she can add her perspective to our conversation. As a preface, I am not a therapist. However, I can reassure you that life has hit me and each lady who joins us hard, oh yeah, and gentlemen, some harder than others, but that doesn't stop us from pushing forward. Okay, now let's get into the show. Per usual, I left you guys with a question on last week's episode, and I asked, what are your thoughts on non-negotiables while dating? Do you believe they should consist of flexibility? So my answer to this question would be that I feel non-negotiables are extremely important to reinforce while dating. I think that they avoid you wasting someone else's time along with your own. Um, However, excuse me. However, I think that depending on the situation, there's room to kind of flex it. Now let's get into this interview. Today we have a special guest for this episode and our guest is Ashantis McNair, MSW. Okay, she's a clinical social worker and her passion is medical social work. Nay, feel free to tell the audience a little bit more about you. Well, hello. My name is Ashantis. Jaquila's going to probably call me Nay. Um, I am originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Two six. What's up? Um, I have been a social worker for almost ten years. Um, right now, I am a traveling social worker, and I am currently in LA. Um, but I do have experience in doing therapy, and I just love everything about mental health and medical social work. Awesome. Y'all see, she's amazing already. Thank you again for joining us, boo. Um, So we're going to get into these questions. Have you been keeping up with our episodes so far? Of course I have. Every time my podcast app tells me Conversations of Truth has uploaded a new episode, I'm like, let me go listen. So I'm really excited. Thank you. So, you know, um, our first few episodes were a little bit of me opening up and touching on a few different topics, um, such as pouring into people, choosing wrong, but learning from our mistakes and dealing with insecurities. Um, How do you feel about those topics and those podcasts so far? Anything like stick out to you at all? So let me first say like, I enjoy them so much. And I think it's because of like your vulnerability, right? So for me, like I can always tell when somebody is being genuine. And so of course I've known you since we were 14. However, um, just knowing when someone is being vulnerable. So I did, I cried, I laughed, everything in between. And I think um, it's something that I'll talk about a little bit later, but I think the thing that stuck out to me most was one of your episodes when you were talking about pouring from an empty cup and if you go and look at the visual on Instagram when you have the cup and you're like just pouring just pouring and I'm like "Mm, 
that be me sometimes. <laughs> so that that is the thing that stuck out to me most, but I did enjoy it. I, I did. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate the feedback. Um, so it's Conversations of Truth. And I invited you on our show so that other members of our squad could possibly hear stories or opinions from a different perspective. As you've already stated, I've known you for a while and feel like you would be a good addition to this conversation. Um, so let's get into it. What are some moments that you feel like your life changed for the better? even when it may not have seemed like it originally? And how did you grow from that experience? So we just going to jump right on in. Okay. I just got to tell all my business on conversations of truth. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) But thinking about that question, honestly, it was um, a past relationship um, where I just knew like, oh my God, this is the one. I can't even remember how old I was, maybe like 24. Um, And he had even asked my parents, like, you know, we were talking about like marriage and things, but my intuition um, just kind of let me know that he was doing something wrong. We're not going to go too deep, but, you know, he just basically was lying. And so um, I was really hurt by that. Honestly, I was just like, I could not believe it. Like, I just knew I had planned out my entire, like the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, But although the relationship ended, although I didn't expect it to. Um, after we broke up, I took some time to be by myself, right? And from that, I realized like I was compromising a lot in that relationship. <laughs> I compromised and it was little things, like very small things that had like a big impact. Like, you know, okay, maybe I don't really like watching this TV show, but I'm going to sit here and watch it because I want to be around him and I want to go and spend time by myself because I want, but then you let him take over like that. And then it's like, okay, now, no, I don't want you going out with your friends. And because I've conceded to so many other things, it's like, okay, it was easy for me to just concede to that. So anyway, from that, I did learn, like I looked back and I reflected on that relationship and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that ever again. I did take some time to be by myself. Um, And so now, like the relationship I'm in now, (laughs) it's not always easy, but I put my foot down and it feels good. I don't have to be confrontational about it. I don't have to be argumentative, but I am assertive and I do like make it known like this is what I'm worth. This is what I'm going to accept. This is what I'm doing. And this is not what I'm doing. So Ooh. it was a heartbreak, but it ended in, um, you know. Lessons learned. Y'all, Lessons. so let me just do a quick disclaimer. I know y'all can't see us, but if you hear my <laughs> voice shaking or I take a long pause, hey, this one right here can bring some emotions up out of me and it's too early in the episode for that to be happening but so much of what she said I completely agree with and I have experienced however unfortunately it was later um down the road that I experienced these things I really okay so before I go on a tangent I didn't do a whole lot of dating growing up like I didn't have no intentions on getting married I told y'all that I was not dating anyone hey we cool we friends we vibing whatever and I think that's why I didn't learn a lot of my lessons sooner and I had to learn them later but nonetheless they were lessons learned okay so 
I just had to get myself cooled down from that explanation. (laughs) Well, let me Um, make you laugh really quick because that episode, and I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to tell them our business. That episode, when she said she had her first breakup, she was talking about me. (laughs) And I was like listening to it and she was like, I had my first real breakup. I'm talking about now who's she talking about? Because I know she won't date nobody. She's like, my best friend. I said, oh. <laughs> I digress. Let's move on. Yes, it was definitely you. So we all have chosen wrong before. What is some advice that you would give someone um, struggling to make the best decision for themselves? Okay, so I know at the beginning of the episode how you say you're not a therapist, but I am a therapist. So take my advice. No, I'm just joking. But I will say like, Uh, I'll just walk you through like how I make a decision right so I think through all of the outcomes like if I do this this may happen or that may happen if I do b or c these are the outcomes and then if I'm okay with that possibility or like the possible outcomes of whatever decision I make then I'm gonna stand on that decision and so even if it's one two ten years down the line I remember why I made that decision it wasn't an impulse decision so just thinking through that and then saying okay I knew this was a possible outcome and so you're already prepared and then it's like okay well this is what we rolling with because I knew this was going to happen so I think that's the best way just always think about it first so in the choosing wrong episode, I did a little bit of research and I learned that because I'm not licensed and that was in my study, but I learned that humans tend to make decisions based off of previous decisions mm-hmm. that were made. Mm-hmm. So how, when it comes to you deciding on your decision, do you let that influence you? Are you, um, do you rethink the entire equation? So how- Yes. Now it does make a lot of sense where you humans are going to make a decision based off of history. Mm -hmm. So if I was like, okay, something really silly, but I'm going to go run out in the street. I'm in LA where it's hot. Mm -hmm. And if I passed out last time because it was hot, Mm -hmm. if I say, okay, I want to go run again, we're going to think about it first. We're going to say, okay, I could pass out, but also I could like, go when the sun is down or I could hydrate pay pay attention to what I'm wearing so yes you're going to think about the history and whether it was a outcome that you desired or as an outcome you did not desire so that is that's kind of how that works when you're going off of like history and past decisions so what about the optimistic bias where we don't really we rather go with the best outcome or the best thought that we have opposed to what can really happen so as a therapist, I can't tell people when their reality is not actual reality, like whatever you think is true, right? So being optimistic, I, I'm an optimistic person. So I'm 100%. I, I love optimism, but you need to be realistic. So you have that optimistic bias. When I say think about all possible outcomes, like, okay, yeah, we're going to think of the optimistic outcome, but we're also going to think of some of the negative outcomes that could happen. So just be prepared for everything. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, therapist. So what are some ways that you choose to show up for you? So 
you know, kind of getting better at this after the pouring from in your cup. But I do most times just take time and make sure that I'm well, um, you know, not pouring from an empty cup. Um, and the reason I say that, and it, it could be a lot of my focus right now in the past couple of years has been about my career. I, I love my job. I love, but I'm in a very, my career, it, it experiences high burnout. So I have to make sure that I'm well. So I show up for myself by if I get off at five o'clock, at 501, don't call my phone, don't come asking me stuff, unless it's an emergency. But if it can wait until the next business day, it's going to wait. When I get off work, because my job is literally other people's problems, I'm not talking to anybody, parents, family, friends. I'm not talking to you about your issues. Give me a minute. I need to kind of decompress. I need to do something that I enjoy. And it may be watching cartoons just because I don't want to be an adult right then because I've dealt with a lot of trauma throughout the day. Um, But just making sure that I take my time for myself. My favorite thing to tell my old boss when I was doing therapy was I cannot serve other people unless I'm well and that mentally well physically well. So you're going to give me time to eat a healthy lunch and work out and then spiritually well. I'm going to have to pray and meditate. You're going to have to give me that time in the morning. I'm not talking to you as soon as I wake up. I need to wake up and talk to the Lord. Girl, and and those are boundaries that you set and that you let um, be known. And I think so often people don't consider what you deal with through the day-to-day occurrences not even just as a therapist but but, but as a real life human yes. being going yes. through the day when people call you the first thing most people say they might say hey but it ain't always follow it how you doing or are you able to take on whatever I'm yes. bringing to you at the moment and I think that was something that I learned um through my cousin she's like hey I get that you want to talk to me about some things, but you didn't even ask me, like, am I available to to receive this stuff? And people don't realize sometimes we take burdens, their burdens, and we put them on our shoulder. But don't nobody got the room or the space to take ours. Where do we dump ours at? Which therapy is very important. I am a advocate. Hey, you got an issue, the smallest issue, go talk to somebody about it. Somebody that's licensed to talk about it so that you can actually get true results and feedback. Um, Personal experiences are great. Oh, excuse me, are great, which is why I don't mind sharing my personal life. But at the same time, these people done studied the book. Now, while we're here, I was on TikTok and it was girl she was like I feel like in order to be a therapist you need to go through something in life like you shouldn't just be able to go to school get a degree and then feel like you can tell me about my problems what's your insight on that so that's funny because when I I went the therapist route by becoming a social worker Mm -hmm. some people go the therapist route by becoming by studying sociology psychology they have to get a PhD so they can prescribe medicine Um, but while in school for social work there's always a question when I did my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, there was multiple classes where they say, you know, something drove you to social work. And you have these people that was like, you know, we had a, um, a girl that was talking about how she was molested and raped by her family members and ended up having the child. I mean, just these horrific stories. Mm-hmm. And I seem to be the only person in those classes that 
really, I am blessed that I had a really good childhood. There's no trauma. There's no anything. Mm -hmm. However, you have to understand that it is a science right? So we study human behavior. I literally am watching TV and or listening to anybody. I look at the blogs, looking at the shade room, and I'm like, oh, she's doing that because probably in her childhood. Or I can see through certain things because I've studied human behavior. And you don't necessarily have to go through something. My dad used to always say, experience is a good teacher, but it's not the best teacher. Mm -hmm. you, you listen to other people and you research certain things. And I mean, we're human beings, but there's since people that walked the earth in the 17, 1800s, there's nothing new. Right. Their human behavior is the same. So now I don't agree that you always need experience. Okay. Cause then that's also biased, but sorry. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I don't, I honestly don't care as long as you can give me a solution to my problems. Hey, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> um, and let me say this since we're advocating and we're selling therapy. Don't think your therapist is going to give you advice. Therapist is going to talk to you and you going to help you walk yourself through your mm -hmm. own decisions. Yeah. So if you've never experienced therapy, don't go there thinking that they are just going to tell you how to live your life. Uh -huh. That's not what's going to happen. Yep. I know when I was going to one therapist, uh, she kind of was telling me about myself and I was like, oh, girl, OK, <laughs> like I got it. And it was crazy because she was like, you a lot like me. And I'm like, what? You don't know me just from sharing experience or sharing like stories with her and things that I've done. And I was mm -hmm. like, OK, lady. <laughs> now picture what? reading the books and then having yeah. to do that by yourself. Be like, oh, they sound like me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so there's some ways that you show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Was it always easy to show up for yourself? And where did you find the challenge? So no. Um, one thing that I probably I probably tried to hide it from you in all these years of friendship, but you probably still recognized it. Um, but I tend to be like a people pleaser, right? Mm -hmm. I don't like people to be upset with me. So in that way, like I take one of my I take pride in showing up for my friends and like the people that I love, right? So if I had to say no to something, oh my gosh, that would just tear me up because you're not about to be like, oh, remember that time when I needed you and blah, blah, blah. That would make me feel so bad. But now it's like, no, I can't do that right now because I'm sleeping mm -hmm. or I'm not doing anything at all. Right. <laughs> and that's, that is no. And oh. <laughs> yes. It's not that I have free time. No, what I'm doing is nothing. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, but um, that I think just uh, going back to like how I show up for myself, like it's just the realization that, oh my gosh, like I'm wearing myself thin showing up for everybody else. And I just need to take care of me. So, yeah. Okay, so this is was not in the questions that you received, but I want to know how do you realize that you're running yourself thin? So I explained like me, it's when I don't want to deal with nobody. I want mm -hmm. to shut the world off. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. Mm -hmm. And I'm very resentful towards showing up for people. So how do you know when your cup is running empty? So I get very irritable. Mm -hmm. um, every little thing is going to bother me. And again, 
I study human behavior, so it's harder for me. So I have to, I'm sitting here in my head like, nay, you know, you're not even mad about that. So you be giving yourself therapy sessions in your head. Yes. It's really like, you really not even mad about that. You just tired. Or I will also get like a physical feeling like my shoulders feel so heavy. It just, I feel weighed down. I don't want to do anything. I will barely eat. And I'm like, okay, we need to just take some time for ourselves. Like being out here in LA, I felt that way. Like it, it's an adjustment and I'm jumping ahead, but it's an adjustment being out here. But I did like take some time and I went to this place, Marina Del Rey. It was beautiful. And I just sat out here and drank some mimosas and just looked at the water. <laughs> okay. So you, you know, you are able to identify it and usually just give your time, yourself time to relax and cool down. Um, so now we're jumping into the friendship segment on a scale one through 10, how important are friendships to you? Um, are we doing them like in a hierarchy? Because if we're doing them in a hierarchy, I would say an eight, Mm -hmm. because the only thing is like, God would be like in the top spot and then like family. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, no, it would be God, myself, then like family and friends. So if we're doing it like on a hierarchy, then yes. Okay. So if we're not doing it on a hierarchy, but it's really like the most, it's really important to you. And it's like, "Mm, I can do without it. Mm, A nine. A nine. Okay. Okay. Um, so can you expound on why it's a nine? Um, so again, study human behavior sorry but relationships and interaction with other people is always important it is very important we're not meant to be isolated and by ourselves all the time and so I guess it's like the quality as well like the people that I choose and that I identify as a friend um they all serve like some type of purpose where they are fulfilling me or helping me in a certain way I have friends that I can just laugh and joke with I have friends that I can just you know be serious I have friends that are social workers that's going to talk to me about I mean we literally will talk for hours about human behavior and things like that but then I also have those friends that you know want to go out and maybe go to the bar or something like that so it's important to me see y'all this is why she's my friend now this is not why (laughs) she's my friend but you can see the similarities in the way that we kind of think because she basically just said that she categorizes her friendships everybody holds a different position for a different reason I'm not the only one okay (laughs) on to the next the next question do you think making friends is easier or harder as an adult and why I think it's harder and I'm gonna give you two reasons why okay the first reason is because I'm busy okay um you know, you and I, oh my goodness, we will go weeks without talking to each other, but you are really like my closest friend. So it's kind of like, how do I even have time to show up for my friends and talk to my friends and catch up? It's like, when we finally do catch up, so much has happened. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh my goodness. So that, but then also my standards for friendships are so much higher Mm -hmm. than they were when I was a kid. 
when I was younger, we could like some of the same things and we could look the same. We could like some of the same clothes and, oh, that's my friend. That's my friend, yeah. Or, you know, we cheered in high school. So, oh, she on the cheerleader team. So that's my friend. And hindsight, no, that was my teammate. Right. But, you know, or she's my classmate. He or she is my classmate, not my friend. So now it's more so of an acquaintance. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm getting ready to go to the gym with an acquaintance. She's not my friend. I'm only in LA for three months. I, I don't have enough time to make you my friend. So when we went through our friend breakup, how did it make you feel? Like, what were your thoughts during that, that time frame? Cause it wasn't short. It was kind of lengthy. Um, yes. what, what were your thoughts? So disclaimer, I am not crying. Okay. Today. <laughs> Okay. However, it when you say that's the length of time, that was six years. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that we did not speak to each other for six years. It was literally like right after we started talking again, and I said, "Oh my god, don't cry." I'm sorry. I'm trying not to cry. (laughs) No, but seriously, okay. So we're not gonna. We're going to leave the past in the past. Honestly, looking back on it, it was very petty, mm-hmm. but we were kids. Right. Um, however, like when it first happened, when the incident first happened, oh my God, I had such a like a, a prideful um, personality, right? So even if I was wrong, I wasn't like now as an adult, I can look back on a situation afterwards and say, okay, nay, you was wrong here, here, and here. Back then, no, I, I wasn't wrong in no way. Right. And so then it was like, um, okay, time went on. We weren't communicating. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> there was some subtweeting going on on Twitter. Yes. And I was like, okay, so she don't want to be friends. We just not going to be friends. And then I got consumed with finishing college. Mm-hmm. And then I got consumed. My mom got sick. And then I don't even know how, <laughs> I don't remember how we started back talking. I honestly don't. So y'all this now we did when I was on Twitter heavy, there was subtweeting and back and forth or whatever. Um, because I've shared in the friendship episode that she's a Leo. So it was like, it wasn't like I was scared of her, but it was like, Hey, I don't know where she going to be coming from. So let me just let her be. And that's really what I did. Um, and I waited for her to come around. I gave her that time and that space. But when we got back together, I was in town and you had reached mm-hmm. out and asked me, did I want to go to, it was like a spoken word or something. Yes. And yes. I was just like, God, is this you? Like, my best friend is back. Like, we hadn't even started talking again yet officially, but I'm like, nah, this, hey, she ain't going nowhere this time. And I said that in the podcast, in the episode about um friendship. So, yes, now y'all kind of have her side and how she felt about it. Um, And during that time, this is what I meant to say, during the time when we weren't talking, mm-hmm. I was still like, somehow we became friends, uh, friends on Facebook again. So I was still kind of like following her and her family. And I would call mm-hmm. her, I call her mom, Mama Connie. And that <laughs> didn't change. Like, even though me and they were friends <laughs> at the time, I was still like, Mama Connie still liking her post or whatever, because I, I don't know. I just felt like it would come full circle again. And it yeah. did now me you know 
being prideful, I'm a Leo, like she said. However, I was just like, she ain't talking to me, so I ain't talking to her, being petty. But when my mom got sick with cancer, right, she was like, nay, guess who texts me? And I'll be like, who, Jaquila? I'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> trying to be like, whatever. But secretly, I'm like, okay, I'm glad, like, somebody else is, like, reaching out to her and, like, being there for her. And then my mom would be like, Jaquila is over here following your journey <laughs> with your career. Jaquila over here. So even if I didn't want to know, oh, uh, my mom, she was going to make sure I knew. And I think when I told her, I was like, Mom, Jaquila want to go to Olive Garden? Yes, I'm glad. Uh -huh. Okay, girl. Um, so I, I'm very appreciative for for y'all for multiple reasons. Um, So your thoughts about our friendship breakup you shared with us how did you feel once we reconnected girl okay we not gonna be being silly okay <laughs> but we went to that spoken word and I was like oh my god why am I scared like I have not been knowing this girl literally since we were 14 so I'm like oh I'm scared like what if so much has changed like so much time had passed I was like what if we don't even know what to say to each other but it was so crazy because we act just like we did when we yep. were 14 years old like even right now in our 30s like we act exactly like we did when we were 14 years old so it just like you said it just came back full circle mm -hmm. it really did but I was happy I was like oh, yes I was happy too. I really was. Like, <laughs> I probably could have continued living, but I would have been like, man, dang. <laughs> like, what would life be like? Um, so what would be your advice to anyone who may struggle with a friendship breakup? Um, well, first, if it's petty, just let it go and continue your friendship. Like communicate with that person. Mm -hmm. Um, that was like honestly the biggest thing with us. Like there was no communication oh. whatsoever. So we just whatever we made up in our head, that's yep. what we went with. And it was like, okay, whatever. So if it's petty, let it go and move on. Um, on the other hand, you need to pay attention to how you feel when you're around that friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had other, what I classified then as friendships break up. Right. Um, and then I realized like, I really didn't like being around that person mm. anyway, like, and seeing like how I'm not even irritated or mm. I'm not angry. Um, they're not influencing me to do things that I normally would not do, right. uh, when I'm not with them. So on the other hand, pay attention to the quality of that friendship. And if that just, you know, people don't like to realize it, but friendships between like just a friend, like that's still a relationship and it hurts like mm -hmm. a real breakup. You go through that separation anxiety and you go through your time, like mourning that loss, go through that time, but realize that it was for the best if that person was not really a good friend to you. Right, right, right. Girl, you're giving us some good, good advice and feedback. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say are the key elements to maintaining a healthy friendship? You said communication earlier. Yes. So what, what other? So number one is communication. Um, I would say vulnerability mm -hmm. um, and then respect. So you have to like respect their boundaries. You have to respect who they are 
they are as a person. You have to respect the choices that they make. And then like being vulnerable, like I cannot sit here and be like, yeah, Jaquila, I, I did not care like that mm-hmm. we weren't friends. And no, I was like, okay, I showed up to the thing like, all right, let's see how this going to be. Cause if she act crazy, I'm a, no, that is not how it was. Right. I'm being vulnerable. We sitting up here crying, but I'm being vulnerable and telling you like, girl, I was scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I think that is the most three important things, communication, vulnerability, and respect. Those are three good ones, three good ones. And I think they should be present in any relationship. I always say that you treat your friendships like you do your relationship with your significant other it shouldn't mm-hmm. be any different I mean aside from the obvious but yeah it should be weighed in exactly the same you mm-hmm. should be contributing the same amount of effort and everything um now we're getting out of the friendship zone so maybe we'll stop crying <laughs> and we're gonna get into um insecurities something that I touched on in our flaws and all episode so when it comes to insecurities where would you say they are rooted from now and you're the therapist so maybe you can give <laughs> us a little more insight um on that so I think insecurities come from like what a person didn't experience or what they wish they had like and again I'll take something so simple like um if I didn't have long hair so now I'm insecure about how I'm going to wear my hair especially if I'm around other people with long hair you know so I, I feel like you know they look better to me so now I'm, I'm and then you know what adds gasoline to that is comparison Mm-hmm. So then you have those insecurities that, you know, they're rooted from Lord in this age of social, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just heightens everybody's, you know, every now if people say don't have insecurities, they're lying. They are lying. That's true. It can be an insecurity about anything, Any, right? Yep. But you get on social media, everything is there as well. So whatever you're feeling, it's just, it's ironic how it's always right there to show itself like, oh, okay. Right. You don't have this or you're not doing this. All right, y'all, we have to take a quick break, but we're going to get back into the questions in this wonderful interview with Ashantis. So we left off talking about um, where insecurities were rooted from. Now, would you say, would you say that we have complete control over our insecurities or any control at all? I don't think we have control over the insecurity itself, but what's important is to have control over like how you respond to it, right? Or how you, what you, what are your thoughts? So the insecurity is going to come. Um, like for me, for example, like again, a lot that I focus on is my career. So being out in LA, the way they practice medical social work here is very different from what I'm used to on the East Coast. Okay. So like when I first got here, these are only 13 week contracts, right? But when I first got here, it's so different. I started second guessing myself and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, maybe I can't with almost 10 years under my belt, but still I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have came out here to LA. And then it's like, wait, no. You went to school, you have the degrees, you have the license, like you are supposed to be here. And then that's the important thing, like changing your mind, changing your thought process, how you talk to yourself. 
then it's like, okay, now I have control per se, like somewhat of control over these insecurities. So you're not going to stop them or control them from coming, but you have the control of how you let them manifest. Don't, don't let it get too big and <laughs> just kind of allow it to come and then dismiss it. Okay. Um, okay. So to, to recognize it, to yes. take notice of it, but don't let it keep you where you're at. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you mentioned one insecurity with you going to LA. Um, do you have any other insecurities that you battle that you don't mind sharing? And how did you overcome them? So let me guess. Let me think. Like some okay. Sometimes I am like, okay when you talk to this friend, like, are they, are they really going to be here for you? Like you are for them again. That's something big to me, like how I show up for people, but everybody's not like me. Uh -huh. So I have to realize like, while I operate, my love language is like showing up for people and being there for them. Theirs may be gift giving or uh -huh. words of affirmation. It can be whatever. Right. But then because sometimes because I don't receive what I give out, mm -hmm. I don't receive that back, that will kind of be an insecurity. And I'm kind of like, oh, gosh, like, are you out here looking stupid in front of this person, like going hard for them, giving them 100 percent? And then it's like, nay, remember when this person did this? Uh -huh. They love you like this person is really in your corner. Uh -huh. And that's just honestly something that I deal with. OK, I, I think I. I deal with that, but I don't come back around to like, oh, well, they did X, Y, and Z. I, I just always expect people to show up for me how I show up for them because I don't think that I show up for people in one way. I think I show up yeah. in different ways. So at some point, hey, you're able to show up for me the same way I show up for you, even if mm -hmm. I'm constantly calling you to check on you and you don't even do the same for me, like mm -hmm. eventually I'm gonna stop. Like I, I and that's just me. And it be maybe something that I gotta work on, but I'm not about to keep calling you and you <laughs> ring my phone only when you wanna go do something or you wanna go somewhere. No, I'm not doing yes. it. But that's when we come back to being like communication being the key, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's just like having a conversation like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know, I feel like I do this. But what's like, this is where we're kind of lacking in our friendship and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Friendship, relationship, whatever it is. I do it to my family because, right. you know, they just expect me to do everything. And I'm like, okay, you guys have to carry some of the weight sometimes. I'm the youngest in the family. Right. You shouldn't depend on me, you know? Right. And I, I can say that I'm not passive aggressive about the things. I bring attention to it, but it's, I guess how much, because I'll say like, I don't like, or I don't appreciate when you did X, Y, and Z. And sometimes I expect them to be like, okay, and, and fix it. But <laughs> I'm not going to be a therapist. Too much, okay. But remember, before you have this conversation, they may get mad at this. They uh -huh. may accept it and they may say this, or they may accept it and continue the same behavior. Uh -huh. You have to be prepared for everything. <laughs> and then you just act accordingly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, If you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? Okay. Don't hate me. 
but I wouldn't go back and tell my younger self anything. And I have a reason. Okay. Because I believe that everything happened exactly how it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so if I go back and if if it was like a fantasy world and I could go back and tell young Nay, you know, don't do this or remember to do this or this is not going to matter in the future, it wouldn't shape me. It wouldn't I wouldn't be the person or the woman that I am today. And while I know that I'm not 100 percent and completely evolved, mm-hmm. I do like genuinely love the person that I am. And like I love like just everything about myself, like, oh my goodness, like, you are the bomb. Uh (laughs) So I would not, I just leave everything as it is be. But again, I'm blessed. I've had a very wonderful life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Right. Can't forget to thank him. Can't forget it. What is one thing that you are most proud of yourself for? So it would be coming all the way out here to LA by myself. (laughs) Um, I am very, very, very close to my parents. Uh Um, Like my, literally, they are like my best friends. Mm -hmm. I will call them before I call my boyfriend, any of my other friends. But I remember it was like, um, I said, ma, because my contracts are only 13 weeks, right? Uh I, I take a week off in between and then I go to my next assignment. So I took the week off and I said, well, Ma, um, you know, I'm going to go to L.A. And she was like, L.A. where? I was like, California, (laughs) Los Angeles. And she was like, you going all the way out there by yourself. And even my boyfriend was like, you know, you you going real far. Your family is not. I looked at the maps on the Mm -hmm. find a friend. It's over 2000 miles away from my family. Mm -hmm. And so um, just being out here and knowing that if I need somebody, it's really only me. It's going to take at least at the very minimum, a day for anybody that I love and genuinely care about to get to me. Right. But embracing that experience and just being out here and saying, no, I, I'm an adult. I can uh-huh. do this. It is something. And then again, I feel like it was a reason that I came here. I don't know what this next chapter is going to hold. I'll be 31 in a few weeks. Um, and I don't know what that's going to hold. I don't know what the rest of my 30s is going to hold. But I honestly feel like coming out here to LA serves a purpose in that Uh next chapter, right? So I'm proud of myself for even being able to say, okay, this is going to serve a purpose. So we're going to do it, even though it is uncomfortable sometimes, even though you have to go out here. I'm not a person that likes to be by myself when I'm going out in public, but I'm going to do that. I went to see the, you know, some of the attractions, I'm not going to list them all, but I went to see attractions. I'm going to the beach. I'm finding out things by myself. And that is just a big improvement from the person that I used to be. Oh, I'm proud of you too. Cause when you said LA, I was like, oh, Mama Connie, what's she gonna do? Cause <laughs> y'all, like, I've ne- y'all only stay in Fayetteville, right? For most of your life. Yes. When I we moved to North Carolina when I was two years old. Right. Yes. And yeah, that I think that was different. See, me on the other hand, I I've been a, a nomad. I like to say that we were nomads because <laughs> we moved around everywhere. So to go to a new location was like, okay, I've done this before, which is also why I think I've had a hard time with being able to make friends in a sense. But when I make friends, I try to hold on to them and keep them because Mm -hmm. I don't have any true 
childhood friends you are my childhood mm-hmm. friend which right you asked me some questions and I think that I get into that um in my answer so now I suppose that we can flip the interview on me for your two questions <laughs> <laughs> okay well um I guess it's like the first question I'll say is do you believe God places people in your life for a reason I do. Um, I believe that God placed people in my life for in my life for a reason, whether I realize it in that moment or not. Similar to what you were saying, everything happens for a reason. I mm-hmm. truly believe that. I feel like my life has my story is already written. So whoever I run into, whatever situations come from it, I have to make sure that I learned a lesson, whether big, small, good, bad, indifferent. Like I have to mm-hmm. make sure that I figure out why was this person placed in my life. What were they here for? Now, when I was in um, Fallon, she might listen to this, but I've told her this before. I have a (laughs) friend named Bree and Bree, she is, she's like my bookworm friend. Like Bree Mm -hmm. is very innocent. Well, she, she living her life and I love it for her. Um, But she was very like innocent into herself when we were in Fallon. We mm-hmm. would travel to San Diego, San Francisco, and me traveling a lot. I know how to get on the road. And because most of the places we traveled to when I was a kid, we got in the car, got on the road. So I know mm-hmm. how to be the defensive driver. I know how to drive in different environments, not Bree. So <laughs> Bree is like, I don't want to drive. And I'm like, no, Bree, you're going to drive. <laughs> like, you're going to drive. I'm not going to drive the whole time. And she's like, okay. So I would have to push her and force her to do mm-hmm. things that she wasn't used to doing. And sometimes, because my patience ain't all the way there. So sometimes I'd be like, Lord, what, what are you trying to teach me patience? Is this what you're trying to teach me? And <laughs> so I think that I did learn a little, I, I learned a little bit more about patience dealing with Brie. And that wasn't a bad thing because we both evolved from it, from her mm-hmm. learning how to explore and try different things and me learning to be a little more patient and understanding about the fact that people aren't raised like I was everybody didn't experience everything that I did so I certainly believe that there's a purpose for people um who have been placed in my life and unfortunately some people don't realize it until it's too late so hindsight is definitely 2020 yes um but yes so of course it wouldn't be in perfect Leo fashion if I didn't ask my follow-up question to that is (laughs) what do you think I was placing your life for now let me tell y'all she sent me this this question both of these questions and when I read them I instantly I don't know why I get to crying when it comes to you (laughs) but I was instantly like brought to tears because I'm like wow like I had to really sit and think and go all the way back from when we first met and then like where we are now and I I believe that you were strategically placed in my life. Like a lot of people, like I said before, I don't have childhood friends. So you are that childhood friend for me. I didn't grow up with anybody from diapers to adulthood. You you the best that there is. I didn't either. <laughs> so um, with that, I learned a lot from you. You, you are so full of like, confidence and you're... <laughs> you're assertive you also taught me um even though you're 
younger than me. You taught me <laughs> a lot of about like a year, right? You taught me a lot of things. Like you taught me loyalty. Um, I was always afraid to get close to people because I was always moving around. So when, like I said, I get close to people, I latch onto them. And me latching onto you, despite you know the ups and downs, it never felt like a mistake. Like, I feel like I learned something through our friendship. You taught me what it's like not to be judged because we done been through some things. <laughs> we done seen some things. We done did some things. And mm -hmm. I've never judged you. You've never judged me. <laughs> like, I can, the vulnerability that you spoke about earlier, I can truly be vulnerable to you. And you know what? It's kind of, it's sad, but I hold you to a high standard and high regards than a lot of people that are closer to me. Like, when it comes to my situation, my current situation, mm -hmm. you, I'm sorry, forgive me, but you are one of the last people to know because I was <laughs> like, I felt like I already have went through the failure and the shame stage, but I'm just like, dang, I can't tell Ashantis. Like, I can't tell Nene this. So I was like, well, she'll find out when she listens to the podcast. So, but you want to know what's funny? Huh? Because I know you so well without us even talking, mm -hmm. I kind of already knew. Yeah. But touching on the respect, mm -hmm. I respect your back because I know that is sad fashion. You're very private, right? Mm -hmm. So we're very open with each other, right? Okay. And me, sometimes it'd be like, nay, nay, you did not have to tell me all of that because I will tell it all, right? But then I have to sit down and think and be like, this is what Jaquila was trying to say, but she didn't want to say. Mm -hmm. But but me knowing you and even studying your behavior, just me knowing you, mm -hmm. I was like, she'll tell me when she's ready. Yeah. And that's true. I am a very private person, which this part, I'm, I surprised myself when I launched this podcast, honestly, because I was just like, I don't put people in my business. And that's why I had to come back with the authentic bonus episode, because I was about to just pour it all out. And I was like, wait, that's not who I am. So yeah. why would I do it now? I can only give them the real me. I don't want to yes. be fake to try to draw in an audience or anything yeah. of that nature. Like what y'all see is what y'all get. And that's it. And and me, what I let me say <laughs> this. You held you tried to hold it for me from me for so long uh -huh. that you took a while to even tell me that you had a podcast. All of a sudden a podcast just started following me. And I'm like, I love podcasts. So I'm like, ooh, something else for me to listen to. Mm -hmm. Hey y'all, it's your queen I said, No, she is <laughs> But I'm sitting here getting ready for work. Of course, three hours behind you on the West uh -huh. Coast. And I'm just crying listening to it because even though we're friends, I know you and I already knew, but to hear, I was just like, oh my goodness, like I can just see, it's almost like another page is turning, like, oh my goodness, I tell, so of course, Andre, one of my other close friends from high school, we mm -hmm. love Andre, we'll have to let him listen to yes. this. Yes. But um, he's another person, he's said, oh, I'm crying, <laughs> telling me to wipe my tears. Sorry. Don't even notice because all we do is cry. Right. Gosh. So emotional. But um, even him, like we were talking about, of course, we lost Doug. And that really, mm -hmm. really bothered me because such a sweet soul, such a sweet person. Yes. Um, anyway, respect and blessings. Rest in peace. To, yeah, blessings to his children. 
Um, but that just kind of made me sit back and I was talking to Andre and um, we were reminiscing on some things and he, he sent me a text. We were texting back and forth and I sent him a text first, but he sent me a text back and he said, yes, like, I can't wait to see how we continue to evolve and grow. He says, you're one of those friends that never switched up. And that's the, well, yes. even though our six years, because people might be thinking we contradicted each other, we were secretly checking in on each other, <laughs> right. even though we were being bullheaded, not wanting to talk to each other. But I can say the same, like we've never switched up again. Mm -hmm. When we went to our 10 year reunion from high school, I was like, yeah. they gonna get tired of us because we are silly and goofy, just like we were when we were mm -hmm. kids and so it's just I don't know seeing that seeing where we were when we were 14 not from a literal sense now like we were 14 year old girls being immature and whatever but to see how we are in our 30s now and just seeing like the growth that has taken place it's just so amazing so Thank the you. same as Andre said to me like oh my gosh I can't wait till we're 40 and we're like girl look how far we have uh -huh. came so look at all the lessons we've learned all the memories we've made so yeah no more crying I'm done okay <laughs> and I'm gonna finish um because I kind of got sidetracked but oh gosh also, no, no you're fine and um so I was saying you taught me what it felt like not to be judged and I you are one of a few friends that I don't have to second guess our bond like I know is there and it's it's so crazy because I don't think blood can make us any closer from the way that we vibe with each other like it's so genuine and pure and looking mm -hmm. at you cry like I can feel your emotions <laughs> when you talk when you say certain things I'm like oh yeah she really means that and it it's just it blows my mind so even during <laughs> that time when we didn't talk when we did start talking I didn't feel like oh, I can't tell her this or I can't share this with her because right. I can't trust her. I didn't feel like trust was broken at all. I still right. could have told you my deepest, darkest secret that very day and would have mm -hmm. been comfortable with it. Same. Oh, girl, <laughs> this this episode gave me I'll also, oh, wait, but okay. let me say this as well. My, my dad mm -hmm. is a very good judge of character. And so, you know, when we were at Central and we would go places, he would be like, I'm taking my daughters uh -huh. somewhere and Jaquila, this is my daughter and my daughter this and my daughter that. And I would be like, you got one daughter. Nah, Jaquila, I'd be like, okay. So yeah, blood didn't make us any thicker, but my parents really think you they bonus daughter. <laughs> and I am. I be that. Oh, I love y'all Miss OMG McMillan no she's right. my second mama right what they doing oh what they doing over there you talk to me hi Shanti Ma, okay my mama is a miss but I love her I I got I, this show alone can go for hours and hours okay. literally like I can continue <laughs> to talk but you got somewhere to be and you're definitely going to be back on the show because I'm sure there's going to be a topic that either I can use your therapist insight on 
or I'm gonna charge you because you're my friend but thank you girl <laughs> it's gonna be for them for them for them <laughs> um but I'm certain that you're gonna be back on the show and I appreciate you for your time today even through our giggles y'all this was a long episode I know it was a long <laughs> episode but we ha I had to do it it's a bonus yes. episode at that so you can listen to it again, play it with your friends. Ashanti, yes. I appreciate you. Any last thoughts that you want to put out before we end it? No, I just want to say I love, 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 love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> oh, okay, y'all. Until next time. Bye. <laughs> I really enjoyed my time spent with Ashantis today. Um, there are not any final thoughts, but you guys know I can't leave without giving you my question. And my question for today's episode is, how do you feel when you ask someone about their dating standards and they don't have any? Is that a dead stop for you? Or will you continue dating this person? Think about it throughout the week, share it with your friends and return with your answer as I return with mine in the next episode. Don't forget to tune in to Conversations of Truth next week, same day, same place. Subscribe to Conversations of Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor for notifications of new uploads. And follow us on Instagram at Conversations of Truth, where we can have an extension of conversation. Also, feel free to leave comments with topics you'd like to be discussed, questions you may have, or if you're looking for sound advice. You will not be judged, and I'll answer best I can. Until next time, I love y'all and remember, regardless of what it looks like, every day you have the opportunity to become a better version of you. I'll see you next Wednesday and fellas, don't forget to bring your friends. Bye.